update on our on our theme song. The person writing our theme song has now cleared her brain of things in the world such that she could actually begin to think about our theme song. Well, that is a start, isn't it? That's one of the steps in the creative process. It's like, whoosh, clear the screen, <laughs> create the space. I love I it. I think that's awesome. So, hey, uh, let's just do this thing. You want to start the show? I'll do Hi. it. You like doing it? Well, no. Did I do it last time? I don't remember. I don't either. I thought you did it. But I'll, I don't I'll, I'll do it. Okay. Three, two, one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Enlightened Couch Potato Show. My name is Nicholas Rave, and this is... Adrienne Gunn. We like to join each other regularly, like every now and then, to help people figure out how to watch movies and television for maximum psychological and personal or spiritual development. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Psychological or... Psychological and impersonal. (laughs) Yes, development. Hey, I thought it'd be fun for us on this 32th episode of our show. 32th of them. Wow. Uh, I thought it'd be great to sort of like timestamp our world. We haven't really done that much. So it's December 12th of the 2020. Mm. December is that wintry month. For a lot mm-hmm. of people in the northern hemisphere, it is uh, super bright in the Portland, Oregon, where I'm at. Where are you now? Where am I? I'm in California, Southern California, um, and it's not on fire currently, which is just good, like it nice. has been for a while. Um, but we don't really get weather. As a matter of fact, we gave each other an assignment last uh, podcast, last show about holiday movies mm-hmm. and yours uh is a california christmas movie and I, we're going to talk about that later yeah um but it is the season to discuss so i thought just really quick before yeah. we jump into the two movies that we were going to talk about um are there any is there a, like rapid fire what are some of the other holiday movies that are like classic for you oh for me classic i love uh the one where the lady dies and what's her name is awkward. I did not. I don't think I pulled out the folder this morning uh, of the names of things. Well, the holidays uh, is Holly Hunter. That's not what I was talking about. But that's fun too. Uh, alcoholic returns home and everybody's dysfunctional. It's awful. That's pretty good. But the one I was thinking of is uh, the one with the people in it. Diane Keaton dies, and her family gathers, and uh, Sarah Jessica Parker is sounds very like a. Weird in it. Feel good family holiday. It's hilarious. Claire Danes just sort of glo- glowing through every scene she's in. She had been disappeared and very smart and at Yale for a whole bunch of years and hadn't been doing any acting. And then suddenly she's glowing in this movie. What the fuck is that movie? Um, the other Wilson, not Owen Wilson, isn't it? <laughs> Luke. Craig T. Nelson is the dad. What in the hell movie are you talking about? I know, right? Is it like, no, I keep thinking of like the movie, The Ice Storm, which is super like depressing and like family drama. It's not and actually, stuff. Uh, it's really funny. Hold on. The Family Stone. Boo. That's nope. what I'll watch. <laughs> nope. Haven't even. It's great. I, I think I've maybe heard of it, but I don't know anything about it. So it's good. I like it. So I if like- I, it's good if I'm in the mood for what? <laughs> 
Okay, so one of my favorite favorite styles of film and my favorite uh, tropes is the people returning home. So mm. the holiday movies make sense that you get like people coming home, but I like the indie film version of that where people aren't like perfect necessarily. Mm-hmm. I think this this is the son brings his fiance home and he's very certain the family, like they're not going to like his fiance. His fiance is quirky and strange. And so it's the like the meet the family Mm. Uh, movie, but but like coming home movie in the indie flick where it's an ensemble film and everybody's got ridiculous personalities and lots of collisions and okay, stuff right. going I think wrong. I get it. Yeah, but this one's more like like uh, big budget does indie feel, mm-hmm. so it gets to be sad and real in places that, that the general holiday movie with these stars wouldn't normally do. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Well, so there's classics. I mean, uh, I think Die Hard has become a classic Christmas movie for many, 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 many people. Have you heard in the news? This is on my list. You brought up Die Hard. Have you heard about somebody putting out that they want Charlize Theron to do a Die Die Hard reboot where she's like trying to fight for her wife? And she's like, I'm in on Twitter. She's like, I'm in. I'm doing it. And then Aisha Tyler's like, where do I co-sign? So... The, the, the world of people who would get excited about such things are excited about the potential for there to be a Charlize Theron, Aisha Tyler, Die, die Hard. <laughs> yes, please. But, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. What else um, is classic for you? Yeah, or I mean, it wouldn't have to be Charlize Theron either. Like, who were we talking about? Gina Carano? We were talking about Livewire, remember? Yeah. No? That doesn't do it for you? I just, I just... I just thought of Carla Gugino. She's not done action, but I just, I just decided that that just similar name, <laughs> similar name, different, different look. Yeah. Yeah. A bit. <laughs> no, but like Shirley's at least has her foothold in the action. I just, I want to see Gina Carano get, uh, like, a, a, an opportunity to shine like live wire. Yeah. It was called live wire, right? Haywire. Haywire, Haywire. That was such a great movie and she did so well and she's a good actress. Like Mm -hmm. you can, you can give her a script that can like tailor to her and like a diehard kind of thing would be fucking perfect. And she's so like believable in that role for me. Yeah. Yeah, That could be really fun. This reminds me that Zoe Bell, I, I was reading an interview about what Zoe Bell is up to. So she's, uh, she's a stunt actor yeah she was xena's stunt double and yeah she she's been everyone's stunt double yeah yeah and now she's a coordinator she recently coordinated all of um once upon a time in hollywood she is in colorado she's had a rough freaking year where like i think her mother died and then many people died and then her relationship ended and now she's in the middle of colorado she was talking about she was just, like daydreaming about like returning to new zealand and just becoming a plumber and I would like, I would watch you like do that movie. You do that movie? That yes, movie. exactly. Yeah. That's that's the latest Rambo movie, which I didn't see, but it was basically he finally like retires to Mexico and then he has to come out one last time out of retirement. <laughs> yeah. And like a like a stunt coordinator as that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, she could do a diehard. Her my favorite one of her things is I think it's Angel of Death. 
and I may have talked about this before. It's, it was released as a uh, 10 part webisode thing that you squish together and edit into a movie. So it's like 10, 10, 10 minutes bits that were released on YouTube initially. Like a little, I think it was about 2009 or 10 and it starts, she's an assassin and a hit goes wrong and she gets distracted and stabbed in her head. Like the, one of the opening scenes is like she, the knife, she grows a conscious, I don't know. And then, and then she's trying to like redeem her past. It's amazing because it's like, you don't usually get to see all of the stunts all the way through. And since she's the one who can do all of it. Yeah. The action is so beautiful and intense. So she could be in a diehard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would work. What could be great, though, is if you get Zoe Bell to do all of her, all of the women and people who were in that fight fight scene thing that became a meme where she's like, I can't play with any of my friends. Yeah. And then they like beat each other up. Get each one of those people to audition for this diehard and throw those out on the Internet. That's what I want to see. So everybody who's anyone auditions for this new diehard. Uh, and it has to be set in the holidays. Um, Cause like if you're going to reboot diehard, like the first, none of the other ones are Christmassy, but that one is. <laughs> um, okay. So speaking of other Christmas, like uh, off the beaten path, Christmas movies, you mentioned yeah. kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Mm -hmm. That one's on my list um, because my girlfriend hasn't seen it. Um, what about like classic Christmas movies are you an elf fan meh yeah it i i i didn't i, I know there's so many people that are like this is the best christmas and i'm like mm, it yeah. didn't quite land for me they're the lampoon ones which i probably enjoyed i i think the closest i get is home alone ish mm, yeah they home were alone's like fun past yeah. some Level of years of growth. I, I haven't seen it in a couple decades, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, the Love Actually, I've probably watched. What about um, It's a Wonderful Life? No. Do you know the story never behind? Seen it. You've never seen it, not once. No, Do you know the I just... story about why everyone has seen it? Because no. that movie was not popular until it was sort of in i don't know if it was like public domain or it was so cheap that it's just start started getting put on repeat on a bunch of channels and so people started watching it every year yeah um a christmas story that's another one that was not yeah. a big deal in my childhood but for everybody else that's like the christmas movie growing up i scrooged I would mm -hmm. rewatch it for Carol Kane. It was weird because I hated, I hated what's his dude. His name's not in my head today. Bill uh, Murray. Bill Murray. Yeah. So I hated, you Bill, hated Murray. Bill Murray in general or just in that movie. I hated him in Scrooge and uh, the God, the Groundhog's Day movie. Those two. How, how do you hate Bill Murray? Who hates Bill Murray? <laughs> well, I don't hate new Bill Murray. Okay. Uh, Ghostbusters. And I Bill dug Murray? him in Ghostbusters, and there was something about that era of Bill Murray where he thought he was he was just ahead of his time. 
But mm. thinking about how great he was, we weren't ready for that. It's kind of like in those in-between moments where where people like me still really love Journey, but everybody's kind of like, oh, it's not as good as you think. And then, you know, you got to wait till it comes back around. So I think it's just like two something. I liked him in Stripes, mm. like 80s Bill Murray, but there was something very Yeah, Groundhog irritating. Day Bill Murray is like my like peak Bill Murray for me. There's another not as well known. It's not Christmas related. Um, is it? <laughs> uh, there's a another Bill Murray that's not as well known. It's called. Uh oh, <laughs> I gotta <laughs> look it up now. Damn it. Uh, IMDb. For the record, I have um, Saturday brain a little bit. There's something problem? about like yeah. Well, Saturday brain is like I'm gonna play some music. I'm just gonna lay around. I'm gonna go for a walk and not like I know all the names of the people and the associations to things. Yeah. Good yeah. Stuff here. Normally, I'm pretty good at this, and I, <laughs> I am. Well, are like, you? Do you, do you like the Bill Murray? Um. Uh. Um. Rushmore. Uh, who's that director? Um. Life Aquatic. Wes Anderson. Oh, Do you like the, yeah. that version of Bill Murray? Uh, I might have to revisit that. Like, yeah. Is it Wes Anderson? Yeah. I don't know that I quite that landed in the right version of my personality. Mm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a Bill Murray recommendation for anybody listening. It's okay. called it's a movie little known movie called The Man Who Knew Too Little. And it is a very farcical in 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 a similar way to the way you like noises off and that kind of thing. Yeah. It's just goofy over the top and it's it's this moron like like uh, being stupid and somehow finding his way through all of these ridiculous situations. I don't want to spoil it too much, but it's Mr. Magoo. Right. Yeah. It's got a little bit of that, but it's got this, like, I, I don't want to spoil the, the, the plot line. It, it gets set up fairly early. So the, the premise is he thinks that he is being treated to like an interactive show about being a spy, but then <laughs> it turns out that he actually gets mixed up in a real espionage situation but he nice. thinks it's fake so he's acting like everything's not real and it's fabulous um i remember laughing very hard at that movie that is amazing here's what i can say that might make sense from our last episode so the the scrooged and groundhog day bill murray reminds me of bill murray thinking like chevy chase about himself mm. in those years and that that level of like, hmm. like as he's doing his thing. Like That's he, interesting. He had, I've never got that impression from, from Bill Murray. I definitely get that impression from Chevy Chase, <laughs> but, <laughs> but Bill Murray has always seemed a little more, I don't know, maybe, maybe we just hit it at a different time in our lives. Well, there were years where no one gave a shit. Like, I don't think those True. movies did as well as he really wanted them to. And they ended mm. up doing better once everybody was like, oh, my God, Bill Murray. And Bill Murray right. came back with the Wes Anderson weird shit. And everybody's like, right. hey, we're sucking his dick because he's awesome. Like. He is. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's no Jeff Goldblum. I'm just going to mm. say. Mm. 
I don't I, Bill Murray. I don't think he's trying to be Jeff Goldblum. I, 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 but I got a special place in my heart for Bill Murray. Like he, he has this kind of almost like Buddhist comedian philosopher kind of thing that I really appreciate. Um, he, he does stupid humor sometimes, but it's always got something smarter going on. It, it, it's a little bit Jim Carrey for me, but I know you have your own opinions there too. So yeah, there's, it was a weird thing because wasn't Jim Carrey's career starting at the same time that those Bill Murray movies were like thrust in, yeah, the, probably. in the world? About that time. Like l- the early 90s, I guess. Uh-huh. And Jim's humor was built and borrowed a little from David Allen Greer, and that's cool too. But like his was different and fresher than the Bill. Mm. Yeah. Bill was a different old school, which yeah. I might have been at a level of being annoyed at. Mm, you were done with it at that point <laughs> a little bit. I was like, I think I, it might be cause I'm younger too. Cause like I didn't grow up with ghostbusters and other, and, and like, I've never even seen Caddyshack um, oh, yeah. and, and a bunch of other of those like classic Bill Murray's. So that might be part of it is I wasn't like Bill Murray'd out by the time I saw um, groundhog day, which I still yeah. think is the, probably the best Bill Murray movie. <laughs> uh, you want to talk about our, our movies? Yeah. Today? Well, we can. We were here's some things I think we should maybe just check in on. Sure, do that first. Okay. So in in the world of things going on, there's a television show with a Hawkeye who is an Asian woman and she had a birthday, I think yesterday. That's a thing that's happening. There's going to be a new Hawkeye. Oh yeah, yeah. So we're talking about the Marvel announcements and the and like, the Star Wars announcements. We'll talk world. about that too. Yeah, we'll just so shout, the- shout these out. The little the the all the stuff from Marvel got announced, so it's like nine different shows or something. So okay, you know more than me then. Yeah, so they dropped the the teaser trailer for Loki. They dropped the so that that premise is that evil Loki before he goes on his redemption journey, that version of Loki died, but evil Loki, the one right at the end of the first Avengers movie, he escaped, and now they're doing a show about him. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, who the fuck knows what that's going to be about, but it looks interesting. Um, I am probably most excited about the WandaVision one, which is the one with the Scarlet Witch and Vision, um, Paul Bettany and um, Elizabeth Olsen. That looks weird as fuck. So they're doing this like, I love Lucy thing, and you don't know what's going on. Like it's part of it's in black and white. Part mm-hmm. of it is done in front of a live studio audience. What? It's a fucking Marvel TV show and yeah. they're doing it like a like an old school sitcom. <laughs> and the idea is, I think that Scarlet Witch is like losing her mind, but she's so powerful that she's like changing reality. And like, but it's it looks off the like off the deep end. Cool. And of course um, you want when you're going nuts, you want uh, the most powerful AI to come with you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that'll be great. That you're in love with, right? Um, he has so, beautiful. Is it skin? He has. He's he's got great. I'm just into what people said. You have wonderful skin tone, fishing coloring, <laughs> like maroon and yellow, and <laughs> so so <Yeah>. pretty. <laughs> um. So there's uh, a Hawkeye. You mentioned that there's a Hawkeye TV show that is basically going to be about, I think, his 
daughter becoming Hawkeye, which is that it's what I thought the plot line was. Nice. There's um, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is all about like Captain America's two best friends. Like, uh, but that one's cool because they're actually bringing back a villain from uh, Captain America's Civil War, which Mm -hmm. was not very well utilized and they're going to bring him back and really let him um flex a little bit um they're also i'm very excited about the she hulk tv show that's been announced i saw that sort of on rothlow's uh Mm -hmm. instagram i really want i hope that's going to be good because she hulk's a really interesting character she's like (laughs) she's like super sexually aggressive in the comic books and she's like really strong so (laughs) i want i want them to play with that i think there's a there's an actress who was vying for the part um and she didn't get it but she was like that's why i want the role and it was i can't remember her name um that i just imagined Who's the one from the the singing movies? Uh, is it Rain Wilson? The large Rain Wilson's from The Office. No, no, okay, sorry, that's a dude. Who's the hilarious New Zealander or Aussie? She's she was a large woman in those like singing movies, the uh, lip singing movies, or the like a- acapella singing movie. Shit. I don't know what movies you're referring to. <sighs> I don't oh, have wait, names pi- today. Is it like Pitch Perfect or Pitch something? Perfect. So the hilarious Never Australian or whatever. I just saw her as She-Hulk, but I don't know her name today. I don't uh, even yeah. know the lead lady's name. I don't know the name of the movie. I have Saturday Brain. A- Anna Kendrick? Anna Kendrick's a tiny lady who's funny okay. and in it. And then yeah, this- I've never seen it, so I, I don't know. <laughs> um, so what else? They announced, as far as movies, um, they announced... Uh, the one that was the most surprising to me because I did not think this was going to come now is um the Fantastic Four, Rebel Wilson. There, Marvel's finally going. Oh, Rebel Wilson. Okay, it was yeah, a Wilson. Rain Wilson. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> R and yeah. yeah. Um, Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four. We'll see how that goes. Um, I'm really excited about the new uh Doctor Strange who that has Sam Raimi directing and it's supposed to be the first um the first Marvel horror movie and they're not i mean it's still going to be pg-13 so it's not going to be like crazy horror but it's supposed to be scary um right. didn't Raven do evil dead yeah yeah it was like xena yeah. and the spider-man spider-man and yeah spider-man the first two well three let's not talk about the third one um <laughs> <laughs> um but those are some of the greatest superhero movies still to this day so bringing him into the marvel universe plus they've announced the new superman or no so the new spider-man movie the third spider-man movie oh they did tom holland you know they announced that but but the cast list is insane so toby mcguire and andrew garfield are both going to be in it what and jamie fox as electro and um a bunch of other uh um not claire danes uh um, kirsten dunce interesting is going to come back like so obviously they're doing like a multiverse kind of thing. Yeah, are they going to do the like live action Spider Verse? An attempt well, to? It, it, I, I want to see them do. I think they're going to do it well, and it does kind of go. Eh, didn't we just didn't uh, into the Spider Verse just do this like as the most perfect movie ever? Like, yeah, it's insane. You're not going to do better than that. But no. but the idea of like getting to see Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland all like interact that's pretty fucking cool. So I think that'll be fun. Um, unless they try to pack too much into it, which is which makes me nervous. Yeah. Um, that's what happened to the last 
third Spider-Man movie in a trilogy. Um, the, the new Thor, I don't know if you know anything about this. So the next Thor movie. Maybe being. I heard rumors about a female Thor. Natalie Portman. Is coming back and she's going to get the hammer. (laughs) This is, if you're listening to this. (laughs) I am making a very diagonal squinty eye face. You're not happy about this. <laughs> no. No? <laughs> no. Well, you know, um, she was in the other movies, right? So she was yeah. the love interest. And then that character in the comic books becomes Thor when Thor, um, spoilers, I guess, dies. Um, yeah. So that is canon, at least. Mm-hmm. I just I'm just gonna stand on my uh what's the thing where you like really believe in something? There's a saying for you you like you die like, on the hill. Die on the hill. I'm dying on the hill of I really, really want athletic mm. women kicking ass. Mm. And I don't think I ha- or coming up with a conceit that's believable. If they're not, well, but she's super human. Like, I mean, she's gonna like the point is that when she gets just, the hammer, she's going to have the powers of Thor, so she she can wield the hammer and stuff. So, like, I mean, yes. to me, I don't find her less believable than Charlize Theron because, like, did you see uh, Black Swan? Like, no. she she can work hard. Like, she did six months of training with top ballet dancers in the world to get to the place where she actually looked believable as a world-class ballerina. And so if she's going to like, like work for this role, I think she will. I think she will. Yeah. I I want them to choreograph in such a way that it makes sense. Can you and I, we've both seen salt and it was awful. Yeah. Yeah. Like Angelina started too skinny anyway, and then she was frail. And then suddenly she's like, punching a Russian and we're supposed to believe that that Mm-mm. like, and, and I get it. It sounds like I'm body shaming. <laughs> I don't like if you're, if you have less weight and I'm just going with physics. Now I know that ballerinas are freakishly strong yeah. and a lot stronger than people who look bigger. So I'm realized that there are leaner muscles that can do some fucking things and I want it to be believable. And I, like be watching wonder woman with my ex. Uh, and she's she's like, okay, I get that she's half God or whatever. But couldn't they have found an actual athlete for that? And I hadn't even gone on any of my rants. Yeah. And, and it's like, it's, it's annoying because you're like, she had been hanging out with like rugby. She was like on a national rugby team and she, like, like human females with actual yeah, yeah. fucking muscles right. that wobble. Hey, this is why we were talking about Gina Carano. So like, I'm yeah. not arguing with you. Yeah. I, I just feel like there's in the story, mm-hmm. you can write it so that it makes sense. Here's my example. I don't have a problem with Trinity in the matrix, Carrie Ann Moss right. kicking ass because it's computer. in the matrix. So yeah, like the whole right. idea is it's all, it's all the power of your mind and all this. So if they give her superpowers, like Spider-Man doesn't have to be big. We know that he's 
like strong enough to like hold his own against the Hulk for a few minutes because even though he's tiny because he has spider powers. So if they give her Thor powers of you have the powers of Thor, like fine, I'm fine. I'm fine. I I think it'll be fine. I hope it works out and I hope they make it make sense. And Christian Bale is playing the bad guy. (laughs) <laughs> that's really exciting Yay. i'm excited about that like i want christian bale to do like like chew some scenery man because he's a great actor um cool. just now uh so i've been i've been yell and i could this is a different show but i've been kind of yelling for a few months uh maybe a couple of years are there going to be any Asian superheroes that aren't typically yeah. like yeah, there's is a, that happening? Where is that happening? There's a, I mean, a movie coming out called Shang-Chi or the, the legend of Shang-Chi or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be fighting the uh, the Ten Rings, which is a really big comic book um, like uh, villain. It's, it's like an organization. It's like an evil organization, like the one of the evil Avenger kind of groups. Um, and he's like the greatest martial artist ever. Like that's his thing is he's yeah. the greatest martial artist ever. And it's being made by an Asian director. The Kung, they've got like Hong Kong Kung Fu legends doing the martial arts. And it's like, yeah, they're, they're definitely good. They're doing it right. Cool. Um, yeah. Uh, it sounds I just, like, I don't know. I saw, I heard that uh, Batman is now black in the comics. Somebody's doing writing a, a comic where I mean, Batman I, is black now? My view of comics, like the comic world, is anything that you could ever imagine might happen has already happened and probably multiple times. <laughs> it's like a big deal. Recently this week, somebody, somebody f- fantastic uh, director, writer is writing Batman as a black person. Black. So Ruby Rose quit Batwoman? Yes, yes. And so uh, there's Ryan. They're filming it now. Someone's going to find the bat suit and then take it on. They're creating a new character. Mm-hmm. She was from was it Javica? Javica? I don't know how to say her name. I've read the it. actress, you mean? Yeah, she was in yeah. Not Sweet Valley High. What is the thing of the Archie Comics? Rush, not Rushmore. What is the Archie Comics show? The new one, Riverdale. Oh, good job. She was in Riverdale. <laughs> yeah, I was and about to have an aneurysm. The new Batwoman. Uh, people are ready to hate it. Yeah. People <laughs> hated Ruby Rose in it too. I mean, I heard the I show wasn't Ruby very Rose. good, but like. Uh, you know what? It was really surprisingly much better than me. I thought it was going to be. Mm. It was actually. The, the villain, Alice, is freaking amazing. One of the best DC shows villains has real trauma. The acting is freaking superb. Uh, Rachel yeah. Scarsden, I think her name. So she's still in the show. That's yeah. the only reason to watch it. It's one of those things where like, like the female Ghostbusters movie, when that came out, there was so much stuff around that, that like e- there was a ton of people who were just against it because they were truly misogynistic. Yeah. I love all those women. They are fucking hilarious. Yes. Every single one of them yes. has made me cry laughing at various times mm-hmm. that's just a shitty movie it's not that that i would have been fine with the ghostbusters with all female cast if it was a good movie yeah, but it's not they're just retreading the same stuff and they're doing it worse and they're doing it more slapsticky and there's no stakes i just like you got to make a good movie first and then 
<laughs> I, you, if I were going back in time and they're like, female Ghostbusters, and like, and Sigourney Weaver, Weaver is still in it? Oh, please. I, yes. Yes. That been a different kind of stuff. I kind of hated about that movie that the funniest character, I don't think I understood any of the lines that she said outside of her face. I think I have to go back, watch it, turn on the closed caption to find out if she was as funny as other people were laughing about. What, uh, is it McClinton? Is, is Kate, Kate McKinnon. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, she did have a weird voice that she was doing. Good on her. I was in an yeah. echoey theater. Mm. And I was like, I bet that was funny. People are laughing. <laughs> yeah yeah i'm just saying like all those women are brilliant at what yes. they do and that movie was beneath them um and it's not their fault like they yeah. did the best they could with what they were given and i mean that happens with a lot of movies so awesome. so there was also a bunch of star wars announcements which i am i'm less excited about because i have been fool me once fool me yeah. twice fool me three times <laughs> i don't want to play anymore um but like the Mandalorian has been really fun and I okay. have enjoyed the a- absolute crap out of that show. So if they're handing the whole thing over to, um, uh, to our Iron Man, um, God damn it. Chef. What's that guy's name? <laughs> uh, oh, we're so bad at this. <laughs> we should, uh, Stick to Wednesdays. Uh, <laughs> Wednesday brain. Hold on, I'm gonna get it. Just a second. It's t- John Favreau. Um, He's doing all of them. John Favreau created the thing and is show running it. And then a uh, Dave Filoni is also like a Star Wars like super nerd. And the two of them together are doing amazing work. And it yeah. sounds like finally Disney's kind of handing it over to them because don't ever let J.J. Abrams near Star Wars again, <laughs> please. Um, but there's a bunch of really interesting there's well there's things that could be interesting. So Patty Jenkins, Wonder Woman. Okay. She has just announced that she is making so she they do this teaser trailer, did you see it? No. She sees rollerblading for some reason on a runway and she's and there's a voiceover. It's her. And she's like um, I've always loved going fast and like, you can go watch it. I'm going to paraphrase. I've always yeah. loved going fast. It's probably because my father was a fighter pilot. Um, and I used to go and watch all these planes take off. And she said, it's still to this day, the most exhilarating thing I've ever experienced in my life. And when my father died in, um, in, uh, the line of duty, mm-hmm. um, flying planes, she was like, I've always wanted to make the greatest, uh, fighter pilot movie ever made. And she said, I've looked at a lot of different stories and I've never found one that was right. And she's mm-hmm. like, I found it. I found something that allows me to do two things that I really want to do. And then she puts on an X-Wing helmet <laughs> and walks off camera and there's a, a, a squadron of X-Wings sitting on the runway and then it announces that she's doing a show called Rogue Squadron, which used to be oh. a video game and a series of books about X-Wing pilots in the Star Wars universe. Nice. And Patty Jenkins is going to do it. So Wonder Woman was great. Like yes. it, the, yeah. the last part was a little, the ending and climax was a little weak, but everything else about it was really fun. And that that movie was solid, right? She She yeah. knows how to make a good action hero kind of movie. And if she's really passionate about this, Cool, cool. Yeah. I'll watch it. 
So they also announced that um, Rosario Dawson is going to have a spinoff where she's playing Ahsoka Tano, who she just cameoed as in the uh, Mandalorian. And she was wonderful. So, again, fingers crossed. Hopefully that'll be good. Nice. Um, That means they're probably going to bring a extended universe Star Wars character named uh Thrawn into it who was one of my favorite characters as a teenager because I read all the novels because I was a super nerd and I (laughs) (laughs) spent a lot of time in my room alone um (laughs) uh yeah so that's happening and then there's a couple of other Star Wars things that I'm just like nope don't care not interested um yeah we'll see yeah people are excited that Katie Stackoff is in uh Mandalorian I got to those episodes he was great i mean small role but um you know what's funny when you go and you look so that character is from the animated series the clone wars i never saw it but if you actually look at the character like it's a dead ringer it looks like they made that animated character to have katie sackoff play it in live action that's Um, funny I also heard a really interesting interview. It was just a little clip with Katie Sackhoff saying that she had never met Gina Carano um, and that she ended up before the show and she had, she ended up, um, they were both sort of coming up at the same time. And then they ended up having the same agent and they ended up getting pitted for the same roles. That makes sense. So she said she had it in her head that Gina Carano hated her. (laughs) <laughs> and she said that at one point she left that agent and went to another agent. And then Gina Carano ended up with the same agent again. And then they ran into each other and she was like, she it, it, like saw her and was like, uh Oh, and she, she didn't know she was going to be there. She said, Gina Carano squealed and came over and hugged her and was like, I love you so much. You're so amazing. And she's like, are we best friends? Do we just become best friends? And like, she's like, I thought, like it's this so is so good. stupid for years i've thought you hated me because we were competition and she's like this is so stupid like you're amazing i'm amazing and now they're in a sh- show together and like <laughs> that, that was such a good so story cute. oh gosh <laughs> i love that yeah holy crap well we don't have a lot of time to talk about our yeah our let's do it movies do you want to <laughs> switch over yeah that was like our news roundup It sounds like that I spent a lot of time looking into this. I really didn't. I just was like, I just have a memory for these guys. It's pretty good. Okay, Um, so I was asked to watch uh, Muppets Christmas Carol. Classic holiday movie for my family. It is one that I've watched almost every year for a long time. Yeah, yeah. So... A lot of people say it's their very, very favorite. I was seeing that on Facebook. So when you asked me to watch, I'm like, all right, I don't. I think it's possible I've seen it. I'd seen mm. it before, but I don't have that memory. It's po- I've probably seen scenes. So one of my concerns was whether it was going to just be the Muppets playing stuff or it was actually being the Muppets being the Muppets. And as I pressed go, I was concerned that I was going to have to watch Miss Piggy be really freaking abusive because miss piggy is fucking abusive yeah to kermit horrible they have yeah. the worst relationship ever and it and it like it gives me cringies so deep she's yeah. violent and oh kermit, you could do better man <laughs> and it's a little sad because it's not like it's my mother wasn't she didn't hit my dad it was not dissimilar it was not dissimilar to my like yeah. 
tiny, tiny, scrawny, yeah. adorable dad. And my mom mm, being a lot. And, yeah. And the whole like my mom was a bit beautified and like lots of wigs and she'd put on eight layers of makeup before going outside and everybody was mesmerized. Oh my God, your mother made an appearance. And I'm like, I scored 20 points in this game just now. Uh, it's cool. Yeah. My mom showed up and sat there. She's pretty. <laughs> anyway. So uh, yeah, Kermit is definitely like a broken man a little so, bit <laughs> it's so yeah. bad well she like literally knocks him across the room yeah and calls yeah. him she, oh it's hot. but they were just playing characters so i was like when we got there i was yes. just when we got to the yeah. scene where miss that's Piggy one of the reasons like, i love it <laughs> <laughs> it was so adorable i did not anticipate that it was going to be as spooky as it was right so <laughs> the fucking ghost of christmas future is freaking terrifying like the long creepy arms and the no face and like i i have the hair on the back of my neck is standing up right now as we're talking about it yeah and the music and all that oh my god it's so good and and that scene oh there's a cut song i heard about it i haven't seen it yet Okay, so the the scene when they go Ghost of Christmas Past, right? Yeah. So Michael Caine goes back, and the and his girlfriend breaks up with him. There's a song that she sings to him. Oh God! That is gut wrenching. It's like pull your heart out, show it to you. And I I I can get that it like it fucks up the pacing a little bit if you're just sure. making bunnies. But, but it to needs me, to be it's there. So awful and it's i mean it's so good like I, every time we watch the movie i pause it and go to youtube and play <laughs> that song so we can see it as the director's cut that makes sense i <laughs> so i was like yeah i wasn't i was gonna watch with a friend and then and then my friend was like oh i thought we were doing thursday and it's like no i have to do it because it's homework and so then i'm alone i'm like this is too this movie's too fun for me to watch alone. Um, and I was concerned. And then I'm like, cool, 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 cool. I've got, got I'm going to watch a fun movie. That's fine. That's fine. And I press play. And, um, and then there's like, oh, okay. Fucking singing vegetables. Wait a second. <laughs> I, am, I was like, I was, I'm not, I'm not in the state for singing vegetables. The goddamn is it a bunny? The cutest fuck bunny that comes up and sings the carol at the t- Yes. <laughs> yes. My heart. It's so good. I also cried when Kermit and the uh Tiny Tim. Tiny Tim are singing their doopity doop. Uh, goddamn and then the, the 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 Christmas future when they go to the house and Tiny Tim's not there anymore and like I'm telling you, that movie hits me harder than any other telling of A Christmas Carol. Like, it's because I love all these characters and they're so fun and lighthearted. And and, and Gonzo as the – Gonzo's always been my favorite Muppet character. But as the narrator, like, he has so many – him and Rizzo! Gonzo and Rizzo are so good together in this. That, like, when he he grabs him and is, like, cleaning the glass and he's like, thank you for making me a part of this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, oh, there's so many good lines and, yeah. and just silly humor about like Rizzo going through the bars and like <laughs> going through the bars the whole time. <laughs> That's so good. Uh, yeah, I love it. I like that they went with um, 
a, a, like a different level of physical comedy than just smashing people into place into things mm-hmm. and like crashing. Um, I actually don't think I fully understand the turn. <laughs> okay, first of all, the giant, the giant jolly Christmas past Christmas, guy? Christmas present. Pre- present, you're right. Okay, so the that- creepy little child is gross to Christmas past. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, yeah. I, I get that it, you just want to hug him. It's yeah. like, ooh, are there hugs? Can, can, I don't even like beards. Can I get into the sloshy hug of your swooshy? What? Like, yep. but I, I think I may have accidentally looked at a text at the point where Michael Caine's character is now singing and joining in. And I'm like, I didn't, like, I don't think I quite understood Scrooge's turn with that character mm. as well. Like, where's the moment and where does it build? Cause he's like, he's super all in. And I don't think that I think the mo he turns earlier than any other Scrooge story, like the Christmas, whatever Carol story, they tend to turn around tiny Tim and not. Yeah, earlier. no, you're right. You're right. He, he is ready when the ghost of Christmas future comes. And I like that where he's like, cause I, that speaking of uh, enlightened couch potato, I find that there are a lot of moments like that transition from ghost of Christmas present to gross of Christmas future, where he's like, um, I am, I am terrified of what you're going to show me, but I'm here. Show me. Yeah. And like that openness and, and readiness I think it's because in the gross of Christmas present, he goes and visits his family and they're like making fun of him, which is the thing that like, uh, like it pokes at him that he's the, the horrible monster that they're all. And then they go to uh, Cratchit's house. um, And there's a lot of stuff there that I think is part of the, the turning point for him to see like, cause he says they're so happy and they have nothing. And then, um, and then the, I don't think there's much else that happens with the jolly. And maybe it's just the song. He's supposed to make the transition during the song. It's interesting because so he, he, the guy shows up in the dude's house and then, and then you see Scrooge starting to sing and dance before he's seen his family and before. So it's interesting. It feels like there's something that's happening earlier and I don't know where it comes from. Hmm. I do want to check in because I know you have to go if you want to like go out on this movie or if you want to transition. We don't. It's like seven. I can, I can take a I can take a few extra minutes here. And if, if you're done with uh, with Christmas Carol. Yeah, it was, I think those were my my notes. It was it was way more fun than I anticipated. And. I can dig it. I can get why people are behind it. It's also interesting because if we wanted to, we can talk about why Christmas Carol, that storyline is effective as transition because we are both hypnotherapists. Yeah. And it follows a lot of our techniques. I have had a lot of thoughts about this because uh, on the one hand, I think the the you know tony robbins created a therapeutic intervention called the dickens process that is literally about um ghosts of christmas past present future for what would happen if you don't make this change and Mm -hmm. what would happen if you do make this change and it's pretty effective um it's 
it's not one that I use on a regular basis, but it, it mm-hmm. does work. Um, but I, I also have a, a, a big question mark of <laughs> what exactly is the moral of this story? <laughs> because is the moral being rich is bad? Because I kind of get the impression that that's a little bit of what they're going for is that they're they're saying like he's not generous. But like if you listen to what's the subtext, the subtext is seems to be a lot of shaming stuff about making good financial decisions. (laughs) Right. Like if you're a landlord and everyone in your apartment complex stops paying you, are you supposed to be like, well, I don't want to evict them. (laughs) You know, so I guess I'll just go bankrupt. Wait, what? Hold on. Um, cause like he was an asshole. Sure. I get that. Mm -hmm. But there's something I like, I kind of want to read the book. Mm. Never read the book. And I wonder if, there is something missed, like some subtlety that's missed in the movie adaptations. Well, I think the settings of a lot of Dickens uh, stuff is the top of the industrial revolution where there are these people who are making tons of money, but then you have child labor uh, and like, they're sort of creating a middle-class kind of, but there's a lot of, business decisions that are made at the expense of the health of other people. So there are people working 12 hours a day, all of the days. Uh, And so there are people making vast amounts of wealth at a time when there's like vast amounts of poverty. And Mm. I think it's, it's, it's about miserliness, right? Mm. Mm -hmm. It's about having wealth that you don't share even with your own family or you don't have, the, the focus is on creating wealth, but not living. Hmm. I don't yeah. know. Not- no, I, I think you're right. I think maybe what we're talking about here is like a third point in the triangle. So there's right. like miserliness on this side and like irresponsible on this side. And then there's something else up here that, it, that is actually maybe call it conscious capitalism. Like I know that's a term sure. that gets thrown around. So maybe that's the the moral of the story. I just find that it often gets oversimplified to rich people are bad. You should give all your money away to poor people. <laughs> and that, that is yeah. like, to me, that's like a masturbatory fantasy of poor people. <laughs> mm. It's like, this is like, yeah, I always knew that fucking, a- was he, I, the guy was an asshole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like I, right. <laughs> there's yeah. a movie I haven't seen called the man who invented Christmas. Yeah. That's supposed to be about Charles Dickens writing this. And it's supposed to be about how, Christmas was not really a big deal before Mm -hmm. then. And like so many of these, this Christmas spirit idea came from that book. Like Charles Dickens, like created Christmas as we know it to a large extent. It's a very interesting thing. Coca-Cola invented Santa. (laughs) Here's the funny thing of uh, you've got somebody who's very, very wealthy, who's having people work probably harder than they need to for the, like, you know, overworking, underpaying. Yeah. And what they want is they want to go celebrate a holiday. And in a lot of the movies, the holiday that they're celebrating is this other capitalist commercialized endeavor. Like the sadness we have for them not being able to overly indulge in buying toys and shit for their kids. Uh, 
Yeah, do it's you weird. Get my, my point is it's a muddy <laughs> morality tale. It's not super clear. And it, it bills itself as being very simple and clear. But yeah. when you actually think about it a little bit, it's like, wait, hold on. This is this has to be more complicated than like this is black and white. Right. Anyway, you want to you want to switch over? I don't know how much time. How much time, time. would we have for mixed nuts? We can go another ten minutes or so. Okay, so then my okay. assignment for you. Well, I watched watch. a Steve Martin movie called Mixed Nuts, which I have not seen before. Um, I love Steve Martin; been a huge fan. I'm trying to think of what I first saw Steve Martin in. I, I it might have been like father of the bride or something like that which is not like peak steve martin for sure but i think that like that's what my parents were watching and i saw steve martin and then then they started introducing me to stuff like the jerk and um uh yeah steve martin is a is a goddamn national treasure rewind so this is an efron sisters screenplay so nora and delia efron both participated in writing this and nora directed it the cast list is (laughs) fucking insane and i by the way think i noticed somebody in there that i don't know if you know that that this person is in the movie um but yeah the cast list is nuts um the it's rob reiner no did did reiner direct it he's in it Nor Efron directed it. Oh, Nor Efron directed. Okay, okay. But yeah, it's just two actors that are in it that nobody knows is in it, and they're amazing. Um, it's so uh, so. I I wrote down, "Wow, this is dark." (laughs) That was one of the first things that I wrote. (laughs) Was like it's about like uh, people working in a suicide helpline place where they're terrible at their job. First of all, so they just keep joking about people killing themselves (laughs) as like ah. We missed that one. And it's like, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> and and um like it, this this um job kind of thing where it's like <laughs> every bad thing keeps happening. And it's like we're trying to beat the crap out of our main characters at every single turn. And it it's so funny. Um yeah. I, I also commented right away that they're leaning into Christmas in California is so weird. Yes. And it really is like I've been here 10 plus years now and I still have a hard time wrapping. Like I didn't have white Christmases in the Pacific Northwest. Like it didn't snow. Like we didn't. I think there's like one year when there was snow on the ground on Christmas Day. Um, If it snows, it snows in like January, February anyway. So March. Yeah. (laughs) uh, But still palm trees. On oh, Christmas. Well. It's just weird. Like, I will often go to the beach on Christmas just because it's so weird. Um, one year, we actually went to Mexico for Christmas. Um, nice. Like, be- before the uh, the baby was old enough to care. I think Pierce was too. Anyway, so um, I, <laughs> I uh, what did I wrote, write down? They don't have a touch-tone phone. Oh, oh they have a the, rotary dial phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. <laughs> Um, so the I, next note, the next note that I wrote down was, oh my God, I love Madeline Kahn. <gasps> so, so good in this. She, I can't, every time I think of her, I can't think about anything but the line in Clue when oh. she goes, and I'm so angry. There's fought flames, burnt, burnt, hot, fe- I can't kill. <laughs> She's, what? she is glorious she's so like good. when she gets locked in the elevator <laughs> and she goes like her face 
help help <laughs> and then she starts rapping like yeah. to the uh, god damn it that woman is so funny and then like so the moral of this whole story apparently is sex solves everything because yeah. when she gets laid she's not the horrible uh <laughs> scroogey kind of person that she was before and then steve martin and um who's the female rita wilson, rita wilson the two of them yeah so it's also a sexy movie it's a sexy um, movie and it's loud so, uh, and it's okay fast. so i'm, I'm gonna get a li- amazing i'm gonna i'm gonna take a slight detour to just the things you have to notice in modern times, right? <laughs> there are there are movies and shows that you love as a kid, and then you watch them with someone as an adult in nowadays time, and you're like, oh, this movie's kind of racist, and I didn't remember that. And I'm I find it first of all, Leah Schreiber is beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I uh, watched this as my like get the theater together last year. I've been wanting to get the whole like I, I work at this theater. I want to get us all together. Now we have a lot of transgendered stagehands at the yeah. theater and I'm sitting there in the thing and I'm like, <gasps> Oh, <laughs> this is from the 90s. Yeah. My butthole's tightening up. Oh, and, like, like, and then my friend turns to me and she's like, am I going to be okay? And I'm like, and now I'm scanning. You're like playing the movie forward. You're like, I actually, I, I actually think you're still safe. Yeah. So the, <laughs> so the implication, the things that I was going to point out is that the first implication is trans people are most likely a serial killer. That's the first thing is there's hints that they might be, that that person might be the strangler or whatever. Right. Yeah. This is but, a serial killer. but then they, they kind of eliminate that as soon as you start to get to know the character. But the thing that I noticed is, okay, so this is a, this is a story about making your characters suffer, right? Like you're making your characters go through horrible experience and laughing at their suffering. The suffering of Steve Martin is the fact that he has to dance with a trans woman. And that was the part of it that was like, oh, okay, that's, that is the thing that people point out when they say there is entrenched. Uh, I mean, the end of uh, Ace Ventura is an even more obvious, blatant example, which is like, oh, the most horrible thing I could ever imagine is kissing this person who I thought mm-hmm. was a woman or whatever. Um, and in this, like, you look at that and you're like, there was a time. I, I tried to go back and watch Dodgeball. You remember that movie? Ish. I don't think I saw it. I remember finding that movie hilarious and everybody else found it hilarious. And I went back and watched it. I I couldn't watch 15 minutes because it is nonstop gay jokes. Mm, And the joke is (laughs) gay people exist. You're gay. Are you gay? I'm not gay. You're gay. That's the joke. There's just it's it was a lazy time. Mm-hmm. in humor because we knew we could just say gay and people would go <laughs> and that's not funny that's just poking at something that makes people feel something and they giggle yes. nervously nervous laughter is not because it's funny so it, it was it was interesting now i will say that the punchline of the story is it turns out Liev schreiber is 
um, very helpful and is a nice character and falls in love with Adam Sandler, who is also in this movie, yeah. basically playing his characters from Saturday Night Live. Well, um, and what's weird, though, is even in the, what is it, 94, when this, so they wrote it before then, and then that's when it was put out. That's actually, they're actually kind of ahead of their time in yeah. their treatment True. of this True. character. Because they're like, okay, he's initially uh, uh, put off by it. But then, oh, and then even Steve Martin in the dance starts really getting into it. And then, then the whole thing is like, oh my God, I can't believe you were dancing with that person. And he, and he's like, no, I was, it was just, I was just helping them. Um, so it's, it's this flabbergasted, like, uh, like the suffering is this you have to interact with this human being. And Except no one else treats that person like they're all that different. Yeah. It's very interesting. They're just mad in the rest that they're of the movie? Yeah. dancing with someone else because they're attracted to Steve Martin. Yeah. And that's a yeah. betrayal and not... It's very fascinating for that's 94. True. Yeah. Well, and, and the point is that at the end of the story, it turns out, oh, this is a good person and there's nothing wrong with them and they're, they're, they should be accepted too. So I get that it's, it's kind hearted in the end. And it's just, it's interesting that that is not a thing that would fly today. You couldn't make the joke, the fact that you have to, you, at least you couldn't paint it that way. You'd have to paint yeah. your main character as, or it would have to be a bigoted character that you were making suffer because they're bad. But Steve Martin's supposed to be our sympathetic protagonist. Yeah, but the other thing is that they put the peak of the person's narcissism turn, realizing that they're only good over the phone and they're not good with real people mm -hmm. in that dance mm -hmm. and in that moment. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, and again, I will say, Steve Martin ended up enjoying it. So that that is a like a a, a progressive uh, point, and the fact that in the end that that was not, uh, Leah's character was not the strangler and <laughs> ended up falling in love with uh, with that really sweet scene Adam when Adam Sandler's singing that song, and it turns out that uh, oh her name begins with a C or a K too, so yeah. <laughs> like that that was so sweet. Um, it's so adorable and funny, and okay. Do we want to give away the guest stars that you don't see? Uh, well, can I can I throw one out and see if you uh, if I got one of them? Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't know if it's his first movie, but Haley Joel Osment is in this movie. Yes. Okay, you did see that. So John Stewart's <laughs> slightly it's obvious, Santa or whatever. <laughs> yeah, Haley Joel Osment. Uh, okay, these are gonna be so the people who call in. You've got uh, Stephen Wright, the comedian. Oh, I did not <laughs> notice that. But now that you mention it, I know exactly which one it is. There's Mary Gross, who does a lot of voiceover stuff. She was in this movie, Feds, and was hilarious in it with, um, mm, again, Saturday's names. So there's a funny female FBI agent's thing. One of them's more athletic and the other's smart. Mary Gross probably is a smart person. Mary Gross is on the phone. She's a comedian who's awesome. Carrie Fisher is one of the really she was one of them I think Carrie Fisher is actually the police station hold voice hmm. press to this number to da, da 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 so Carrie Fisher is in there but not listed but that's that's Carrie Fisher her sister Jolie Fisher is uh the one who dumps Steve 
Oh, okay. I don't care about Jolie Fisher that much, but <laughs> that was a weird unfinished plot line too. That she shows back up and is like, "I think I've made a horrible mistake." And then they're like, "He's taking a bath with." <laughs> Do you need to hang around? No. And then you never hear from her again. And I was yeah. like waiting for that storyline to be wrapped up, but right. I guess that's yeah. the end. There are other beautiful, beautiful people who show up, but I just okay. I got a couple more points uh, before okay. we wrap up. Um, so one <laughs> thought was. Um, how much better would coaching the kind of work that we do hypnosis and that sort of thing be if there was a soundtrack that we could play all the time, like that was perfectly oh. AI tailored? Cause the end of the movie, when Steve Martin gets up and gives that speech and convinces oh. him not to kill himself, right. I'm listening to that and I'm like, 90% of this is the music yes. <laughs> in the background. 90% of the why we're feeling this and that it's working is because of the music in the background. Well, I know and- that Richard Bandler used to do that, by the way. He used to nice. have musical cues set up while he was doing hypnosis with people. Usually when I watch this movie, it's Christmas Eve because that's where the it's set on Christmas Eve. I watch right. it on Christmas Eve. Midnight, I'm yeah. usually alone these days. I used to like gather people and like mix notes. You have to watch it. Uh, so there have been a lot of years where I've just finished the Nutcracker season of theater, theater, tech work, 12, 13, 14 hours a day. Ah, nonstop children, blah, blah, barfing, clean up the vomit. Everybody do things, right? And then it's just like, I've got like three days of just re-dropping back into my life. I'm exhausted. And then there's this speech at the end of the movie. And it's like, you are not sad because your life is awful. You're sad because it's Christmas. And I'm in that like, I yeah. am. <laughs> every year I was like, oh, everything is fine Steve Barton gets me <laughs> <laughs> and then they play it out with um, what's her name <laughs> Carly Simon if you could go from like a, a beautifully uh, monologue over beautiful music that tells you that your life is okay and then have Carly Simon sing you out Every year. So wait, hold on. I wrote down something. Is the is the credit song Michael Jackson? No. You sure? It's Carly Simon. Uh, okay. I could be. T- I, first of all, you definitely know better than me when it comes to that. But I was like, I wrote down Michael Jackson theme song. Mixed nuts. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Hold on, I'm looking here. Santa Baby, Blue Christmas, Mixed Nuts. Okay, Night Before Christmas, written and performed by Carly Simon. I think you're right. Yeah. So does Carly Simon sound like Michael Jackson? Apparently, uh, or am I just completely crazy? She's a kind of a lower voice. What in the hell? All right. That's that's all. Grape jelly, written, arranged, and performed by Adam Sandler. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Such a good. What, so one one final point that I got to yeah. run is um. So the <laughs> the character accidentally kills the landlord and then i wrote down and then it turns out that it's the uh strangler and so they give her a reward and she doesn't go to jail and i was like is that how 
murder works? <laughs> <laughs> like, if they're already a criminal that you didn't know about, then it's fine to kill them. Because, <laughs> like, you know, due process and judge and jury <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. Like, nah, whatever. Here's $250,000 and you don't have to go to jail. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the Old West, that's how it was. Yeah. Mm. I, I was, I'm genuinely asking, is that how murder works? I didn't, I, I wasn't sure. If you accidentally kill someone who happens to be a serial killer, does that mean you, know, you have no consequences for that? I think it might be the case that some prosecutors, depending on the politics, might not. Do they still have rewards? For things do they still put out fi- financial rewards for things i think? do think that happens once in a while yeah yeah uh, suddenly christened a bounty hunter and they just sort of accidentally it, it, it did feel like the end when when all those good things happened that there is such a like hollywood cliche of like and you win the lottery and you get this <laughs> and you get the girl and everything works out all happy ending goodbye everyone plus and a parade <laughs> march Right, March. I don't know. It's uh, yeah. I know, but it was it was delightful. Like I'm, I'm, I definitely enjoyed the movie, and and I totally get your um, noises off reference that it's just what what is it? Screwball comedy? Is that what it's called? Slapstick. Screwball. Is that the name? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Rat Race, I think, is another famous (sighs) example of that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do they make those kind of movies anymore? No. I'm no. told that we're supposed to, I'm supposed to watch Game Night. Oh. And maybe Game Night is very like that. Uh, it was all right. It didn't mm. blow me away. It was, it had some funny moments, but it, it like, watch um, The Man Who Knew Too Little. Okay. If you want a screwball comedy that's re- that's actually really good, uh, like, I mean, like, I, I'm always nervous to say that because then you're going to watch it and be like, what the hell is wrong with you? But for <laughs> me, <laughs> I really enjoyed that movie. And yeah. on that note, I do got to run. Alrighty, so, good luck with your rest of your Saturday. So, uh, TV deeply, everyone, and um, we will come back and uh, uh, I guess we'll discuss our assignments before our next show. <laughs> Thanks okay. for being here. See you later. Bye. Bye.